Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Reattached FYC. I'm Brian, and I'm joined here by my pal and co-host, John. Hi, everybody. Happy day. And today, we're going to be talking about the, the human side of the workplace. Why do we pick that, John? Humans. Um, I mean specifically like this humanity in the workplace component there's this interesting duality right when we think about you have metrics and things that you need to achieve while also needing to care with the people that you work with or the different types of work uh that you of people that you're dealing with and so we just thought it would be a interesting thing to talk about that duality and challenge wouldn't you agree brian yeah you know what i feel like uh i feel like this would be a great topic to get another person's perspective on you mean like a guest yeah ah! do we have one who, of those yeah what do we, who we got brian who we got do you know this person uh a relative of mine has decided to join us because she is the authority on humanitarianism in the workplace so everyone please welcome trisha Hello, I'm Trisha, humanitarian correspondent. (laughs) For all humanity, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Liaison between Earth and the other realms. (laughs) So first of all, Trisha, thank you for joining us. We're happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. And why don't you tell the folks at home what it is that you do that qualifies you to be a professional on this subject. I don't know if I'm qualified as a professional on any subject. Well, none but of us are. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy talking about this because I work as a nurse. I work as a nurse in an emergency department for a very large company. So you're constantly balancing the interaction that we have with people on the hardest days of their life and balancing, did we see them in X number of minutes? Did they get this medication in X number of times? Did they get to the cath lab? Like it's numbers driven. And then at the same time, you also have to remember this person is hurting. The person that brought them in is hurting. They are scared. They don't know what's going on. One of your coworkers might be dealing with a family member who had the same thing. And then she's watching her patient go through what her dad is going. And it's balancing a lot of emotions. And then at the same time, also having to check your boxes. So that duality or juxtaposition of (laughs) humanity and business really comes into play in the healthcare field, but I think also in other fields too. So I'm a little curious, you know, uh, especially because you said you were in the emergency room um, and for also just thank you for all that you do. And to everyone in that profession, thank you. Um, but I, I'm curious to know what your experience was like when you first started. Did you find do you or do you have do you feel like you have a nice balance of it right now or does it still kind of feel um 
overwhelming or like how did you navigate that in the beginning when you have these two opposing uh sides of care for the customer right or the person that's there plus you have this other opposing side of you know metrics and things that you need to deliver on how what was that like for you in the beginning and how did you navigate it well first of all john you're welcome (laughs) um and i was really really bad at it I cared so much about the human side because when you're a student, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And Mm. when I was a student, I could go in and spend so much time with the patients and talk to them. And they would always say, oh, I love this. Nobody listens to me. And I was like, I'll never be a nurse like that. I'm always going to listen to my patients. (laughs) But inevitably, you get too much responsibility and not enough time to be able to give that amazing TLC that you'd love to give. And then sometimes the gamut swings the other way. And it's like, oh, I don't want to deal with an email from management about that I didn't do this or that. So then I'm trying to meet all my numbers. And then my patients are saying they feel like they weren't heard or the tiny nurse never came back and visited me or Mm. whatever. Mm. Are you the tiny nurse? Uh, one of my patients always calls me little girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a whole other podcast that we can dive into around that one. Just gonna put it comes every day. <laughs> so in the beginning, you said you focused more on the human side of things. Did that get you in trouble with your employer? Yeah. One time it did. It was Christmas Eve. And um, I had a patient who the scans came in that his cancer was spreading and the scans resulted in the morning. It was, it was a hectic day. It was a really busy day, but I knew if it was my family member, I would want to know those results. So the whole day I was asking the doctor, Hey, when are you going to update them? When are you going to update them? The patient and the family member kept asking me, like, what's going on? What are the results? We don't know what's happening. Mm. And so maybe, maybe I knew for like eight hours before my shift ended. And at the end, I like kind of lost it on the doctor. I told her, this is completely inappropriate. They've been waiting all day. What if this was your family member? They've been suffering. They've been confused. They've been feeling all kinds of emotions and you didn't give them the dignity to come talk to them. And then I was staying late because it was a busy day for me too. And I was finishing my charting. And then the doctor's supervisor came and spoke with me and Mm. said, like, we need to balance all the things we need to balance. While it's very important to have this conversation, are we going to stop taking care of the people that we need to take care of that we can save their lives to have that conversation. But at the same time, you still do need to have that conversation. So it's a really difficult balance and both the business side and the human side are both important and you have to make room for both of them. Mm. Sorry. I'm, I'm actually pausing because what's so um, interesting about this one in particular is we're, we're talking about people's lives. And so, you know, it's one thing when I think about just customer service 
jobs, right? Or I think about retail jobs that I've done, right? You want to you want to do the right thing for the customer, but you also have the business tension that's saying open up credit cards and get them to do XYZ. That's a little bit different than when you have someone that you need to let them know about, you know, something unfortunate that might be happening um, to them or to a family member and valuing, well, but there's also other people too that you have to take care of. Uh, so that's one thing that was going through my mind. The other thing is um, all we know, right, is I was just thinking of having a reflection of all we know is like what I see on uh, TV, right? Or um, through the different types of interactions. I'm curious, what is probably in your opinion, the the biggest thing you wish people would understand in these types of moments of tension um, that is probably I don't know, different than what we see on TV or what we don't realize is actually happening behind the curtain, um, probably literally, or when you step outside, uh, what's like, yeah, what's, what's the biggest thing that we don't know about? Give us all the dirt. The biggest difference is that all of my coworkers are not sleeping with each other. Interesting. Like they, and there's no music playing in the background. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or any of the difference between Grey's Anatomy and where I was. Hmm. Um, but also, I feel like the big difference between TV and the actual hospital is like all the boring, mundane, not exciting stuff that we have to deal with. <laughs> like, you only get to see the exciting things. And there's a lot of like really mundane and boring things that we do. Like what, like paperwork or what kind of... Yeah, like charting. Like so much of my day is spent charting. You don't see charting. Now, now what is charting? Charting is when you like click through and say what the person looks like or write a note. Like patient yelled at nurse and threw urinal at her head yelling, you beep, beep. (laughs) We'll continue to monitor. I'm going to be so much nicer. Yeah, you there. better watch what you say next time you're in the hospital, John. Crap, what are you like, calling your nurses, John? Not They're just going to be like, made the same stupid dad joke again <laughs> for the 20th time. Like, the, now that I know what's actually We'll happening. continue to monitor. <laughs> we'll continue yeah. to monitor. Oh, my God. That's the so, best to add to an end of a note. <laughs> so, what are, like, what are the big metrics that you're held accountable to? Um, in a, are you reviewed like annually? How do they track your progress? Like, what are the big, yeah, what are the metrics? Yeah, your performance. Yeah, performance metrics. So, certain cases, and like it makes sense, like a stroke, we need to get them either the life saving medication or get them to the procedural area in a certain number of minutes. And if they're having a heart attack, we want to get them to the cath lab in a certain number of minutes. If they're septic, within an hour, you have to do like X, Y, Z. So there's like the emergency metrics that you have to meet. And then there is the less urgent metrics that Mm. management really likes, like getting your patients seen in a certain number of minutes, which is super important, but doesn't always take into account like the full picture, like oh, they weren't seen because all these emergencies were going on, so the person with foot pain waited a little longer. Mm. Hmm. 
I'm I'm curious, you know, folks listening, is you 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 made a physical reaction as you were saying that um of just like, you know, it of the um I don't know, I was interpreting it as like the the shit that's not as emergency or high priority, you know, has to wait a little bit longer and that's just unfortunately what it is. So while someone might be upset because they have, I don't know, a, a splinter on their toe, it's a little bit different than someone having a stroke and you have to be able to prioritize that. How that's got to be a lot on someone's mental health. How do you deal with that? What advice do you have for people that are having similar, maybe they're not in the health profession with this type of magnitude, but, but how do you, how have you been handling it? What kind of advice do you give to folks or what's been working for you and not working? I feel like I am just a pendulum swinging back and forth sometimes. And my goal is just to make the swing a little less wide. So I'm swinging back and forth between like business and humanity a little, uh, fewer standard deviations away. (laughs) But I would like just get like angry and detach myself. I'm just a number. I'm here for my paycheck, blah, blah, blah. And then you just get like a sweet little old lady who holds your hand and is like, I'm so glad I met you and you took care of me. And then I'm like, oh my God, my work matters. I'm going to just be this bright, shiny person to everybody. And then somebody yells at you and blah, blah, and the cycle repeats. But it is like, it is a little detachment and letting things roll off the shoulder and just being experienced and knowing that eventually someone's going to thank you and eventually someone's going to call you a piece of garbage. And it is what it is. And another piece of advice that helps me is one time a doctor spoke with me and she told me our job isn't to, you know, fix their reactions or what they do or what they say. Our only job is to be able to provide them with the best care. So as long as you leave and you know you provided the best care, then you can walk out with your head held high. But I think the same thing goes for like the customer service jobs too. Like I've been in situations where like the customer service person really wanted to help me out, but they had so many barricades to them just being like, here you go. Like Mm -hmm. here's the break you need or the cut you need. They had to like reach out to this manager. So I know Trisha and I had talked about this when we originally were discussing the topic, but Mm. John, what experiences have you had there being caught in the middle between the customers and, uh, (laughs) and the management? I think the, the route that I see in, or the parallels between what you're talking about, Trisha, and like things in customer services when you're dealing with well just in customer service you're trying to be a good person in the humanity because you care about people and you also have to deal with this stuff i'm doing the air quotes right behind the curtain that you can't outright say like i always used to joke with folks um you remember the movie the purge you know right like 24 hours of i'm not saying that extreme i'm just saying it would be great in customer service if for 24 hours you could just say exactly what you really wish you could say to people and there would be no no consequences to it both sides you could say it to the other people behind the curtain right like how great would that be um but I, I think about like an event stuff, how many times I would have people 
coming up to be in an event for nonprofit work to watch their child perform and we're charging a ridiculous amount for them to be able to go in. And I would think about Texas, right? Where average, you know, there were certain areas we were at where the average family size was like, you know, six kids and they were coming up and we were charging $25 per kid and they don't have the money for that. Like they, because they spend $6 to go to the movies and we're charging $25 to go watch a high school performance of something and they just don't have the money. And I have to come up with some reason why they need to pay it when in all actuality, I would just want to say, go in and all I want you to do is to watch your child perform. And yet I have to be an asshole about it because of a policy that I disagree with. And so when you're in those moments, how do you handle the who you are as a person, what you believe to be true and what someone else is telling you. And so I can see a parallel at least with some of the, um, you know, some of the stuff you were describing, Trisha. And I'm sure you've even experienced that too, Brandon, in some of the stuff you've done. Yeah. And I mean, I also sent, I sent a video over to Trisha maybe a week or so ago, and it was a baseball player talking about the business side of the game and how Mm. he spent most of his career with a certain team. And when it came to arbitration, basically he thinks he's worth X amount of money. The team doesn't want to pay him that much money. So they literally have to go into a room with these mediators and the team has to sit there and talk about all the reasons why he doesn't deserve that much money. Ooh even though he's been there for 10, 15 years, whatever it is, and won Mm -hmm. all these games for them. And it's interesting to see how the business has, I mean, the business puts themselves first. And even though this person put their blood, sweat, and tears in like all in every day for that many years, they just have to bash him down because they don't want to pay what he thinks he's worth yeah it's it's interesting because i feel like in in the workplace we're we're put into this mindset of a very binary mindset you hit your objective you didn't hit the objective this is what you need to do now go achieve it but what we're not recognizing is the humanity of things which is that we're we're we are people i always am saying to folks that i'm managing like you are more than just a job when you leave that job there, you have a family, you have stress, you have relationships, you have friendships, you have bills to pay, you have things that you are dealing with. And all of those are factors into it. And that's just you. So now add in something where you're doing a job where you're dealing with other people who have their problems and things that they're dealing with. You can't fit that into this binary switch of, you know, you know, if we're thinking about the health profession, like you fix them, you don't. Hey, you, it's not that simple. There's, it's so complex and there's so many jobs that are like that. And yet we continue to have this idea that, um, success is based on hitting, you know, did you do this? Yes or no. And it's not taking into account all these other factors. Bull. So I say. Well, I'm curious if you think the higher up you go in a company, the more you have to sacrifice your humanity for the business side. Cause like I always tell my coworkers, Oh, I never want to go into management. Cause I feel like I'd have to sell my soul. 
That is a great question. That's a great question. And I think there is some truth to that, that the higher up people go in a business, they tend to look out more for the interests of the business itself than the actual people. But I do think it's also important to recognize that there are the unicorns out there. There are the people who do find a way to manage both. But it also, I think, depends on the industry as well. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think it depends, right? If you're, if it's nonprofit, for profit, where is it? As well as, I almost feel like it. It kind of goes in a dip. Like I feel like middle management has the least amount of power, and you're, you're selling yourself. And then eventually, you get to move past that point where you can actually make change and influence policies and and bring the the action that you want. But it's that middle management part where it's like you're just you're just playing the telephone game um, and and connecting stuff. And there's, I think a lot of middle management and you don't get out of that bubble and that's where it gets really hard. Okay. So we've been having a lot of serious conversations here, but I know that there's gotta be some funny stories as well. That's still aligned with this topic of dealing with people and the business side of things. So come on, I'm sure there's some funny topic, something stuck somewhere Give us the dirt. What what has been a funny story or instance um, where you had to handle this, like caring for the person while also dealing with the business side of things? How about I play a game with you guys? I will name four things, Uh-oh. and you will tell me which one I have not had a patient who had it stuck up their butt. Wait, what? <laughs> oh wow. my god! So three of these things have been in someone's butt, and one has not. Okay. 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 It's like two truths and a lie. Three truths and a lie. Yeah. Doing things at a button, none. Okay. Yep. <laughs> a marker, a uh-huh. rubber duck, <laughs> a key, and an ass blaster. Wait, an ass blaster? <laughs> what? What's an ass blaster? <laughs> it is apparently a sex toy. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go with the rubber duck just based on shape. <laughs> oh, oh, I messed up. Wait, that wasn't a different. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. So one what of, you're saying is, is all of them? In, no, no. One of these things has not been in someone's orifice. I One of them was in a different orifice. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> just tell us the answer yeah. what was I, the the rubber duck was in the female anatomy oh okay uh, the ass blaster was in the ass shocking <laughs> oh i thought that was in someone's ear the key was also in the gi tract and the marker has been outside of the body as far as i know see i thought for sure the marker was going to be in there I tried to include a cylindrical object. Yeah, there, you well, there you go. That'll that'll do it. So, did the rubber ducky like make an like a? Uh, I was not there for the extraction. I did oh. see the image on my computer, and it is very funny to see. Have you ever seen an X-ray? Like you know, the black and the white, and you just see like mm-hmm. a white rubber ducky looking thing. I have That's never seen kind of... that. I can say that with certainty. <laughs> 
You've never seen a rubber ducky on an X-ray? No. I mean, the key, I could believe, I guess someone swallowed a key or something, or... Yeah. Like, Do we know which end it went in? That was swallowed? It, it started in the mouth. <laughs> so, I'm curious, though. So, all of these things, even the ass blaster, those don't like from a priority standpoint, right? Someone's in so much pain because the rubber ducky is squeaking out of their butt. They, they could be sitting in the emergency room for hours on end of emergencies. Just keep other emergencies keep happening. Not in my emergency department. <laughs> got to get those numbers. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, so in those situations, how do those like fall within the, the metrics? Like that is something like you got to get is- out. Is extracting an ass blaster less important than a heart attack? Less important than a heart attack. Okay. But if someone had a broken bone, broken, I don't know, broken leg, they fell off something. Where's that land on it? On the ass blaster scale? They might be, they might be seen in like about the same amount of time. Is it subjective? Like how do the how does it fall within like well, does it depend on like the extraction does that have to be done in like a timely matter or does it not matter if it's been in there for 10 minutes or three well, hours it lasts for more than four hours i guess you've got to consult <laughs> some. oh wait you can't see faces on podcast <laughs> <laughs> we all just made a face people <clears throat> with the objects i mentioned none of those are like emergent batteries are usually not great to put inside your body stuff like that is more emergent things that have acid in them yeah yeah usually not <laughs> so the moral of the story is people don't stick something in your butt or any orifice <laughs> or any orifice if you can't get it out <laughs> unless you want to be on sex sent me to the er right <laughs> and on that note we're having a tootin good time Oh, but, I see what he did there. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wind fun. this one down. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "How is this with topic?" It's fine. <laughs> All right, so that concludes our podcast for today, everyone. If you weren't paying any attention, you should because this was hilarious. This last part, especially. Thank you. <laughs> um, and if you want to listen again, we will of course make sure to reattach this for your convenience. Uh, we'll include it on our website, reattachedfyc.com. You, of course, can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook, at reattachedfyc, where you can also share your stories and reactions. Um, and if you're not into the whole social thing, maybe you're a little bit more antisocial, um, maybe you want to share something anonymously, you can always email it to us at reattachedfyc at gmail.com. But Do we it. also want to take this opportunity again to just thank you, Trisha. Really appreciate you coming and sharing some interesting stories and would love to bring some other folks on this to to share so just thank you we really appreciate it um yeah this is fun and you can join in the sign off so either way until next time friends i'm john and i'm brian and brian's sister (laughs) (laughs) see ya bye bye